1: if you're listening to this show, chances are you're interested in getting better at Jiu-Jitsu. I know I am. And one of the guys that thinks the deepest and hardest about how to get better at jujitsu jitsu is Andrew Smith. Andrew's been training for more than 20 years, teaches and runs a school at Revolution BJJ and has a new project designed to help other people assimilate the vast swaths of information that Jiu-Jitsu has in it. So his new project is called BJJPath.com and it's a video and text instructional site that's organized a little differently than other sites. I took a few minutes to talk to Andrew about how the site works, what its genesis was, and his plans for the future. And if you listen to this whole podcast, you'll learn about how you can get onto the site for cheaper and earlier than other people can. My thanks to Andrew Smith for taking the time to sit down with me, and I hope you enjoy the show. So, where did the idea come from to start BJJ Path?
0: That's a, a good question. Um, so, you know, I've, I've always been um, a fan of video instruction, you know, ways to learn with jujitsu because um, people don't really understand how easy it is to get information nowadays. The only problem is that there's, while there's a glut of information, there's not really an easy way to find stuff. So I guess that was a big part of it was sort of like you could find anything you want on YouTube or, um, you know, even other video subscription websites But sometimes it's tough to find um, what you're looking for without having to go through 15 different search channels and Know, spend a half hour looking for one particular thing, so that was sort of the initial frustration. And then I was already creating uh, video tutorials, which I just enjoyed making and putting out there. And it sort of dawned on me that I really needed to organize these things a little better into you know um, hierarchical groups and do some other things with them that was more interesting that I couldn't do uh, with the limitations of the free format I was using. So. Um, it just sort of slowly dawned on me over the last three or four years that I could probably turn this into a pretty good uh, video tutorial to website that was different than what else was out there. I think that was sort of the, the nucleus of it, the origin of it.
1: Yet you mentioned the quintessential joy and, and tragedy of the Internet, which is there's more information out there now than ever. Without a trusted guide to sort of navigate your way through it, you don't know about the quality of the information or how that's going to help you learn. And so one of the things that I've always liked about your online instructionals, both the written ones and the YouTube tutorial, the, the video tutorials, which you organize into YouTube playlists, is there's a logical progression uh, for the student to follow uh, what the student uh, is trying to learn. And I'm wondering, did you think of this first for your students at Revolution BJJ, or was this always going to be something that was a broader, uh, of broader benefit to the jiu-jitsu community?
0: Well, you know, Jeff, I, I've always liked to... Um travel and visit friends in various different corners of the world. And that's been a big part of my life for a long time, you know, ever since uh, certainly the late 90s and early 2000 when I was competing. And that sort of bled over into me teaching seminars and things of that nature, getting to know gym owners that are just in different states and different regions that I've been to. And so traveling around and and doing that really um, sort of lit something on fire in me. And I've always enjoyed teaching. You know, I think we've talked about this a little bit before. I, my parents were both teachers. Um, it was sort of a natural fit for me uh, becoming a, a grown-up. I'm using air quotes. Nobody can see that. But um, <laughs> so, so teaching, um, the, the short answer is a wider audience is always in mind. Um, but I think the reason behind it is because I just know people in different pockets of the world. And, you know, the blessing and the curse that is the Internet has connected us all really closely together so it doesn't matter if you're in richmond virginia where i am right now um, or if you're in italy or russia or you know uh, new jersey or some other place like a horrible place like that you know we're going to be able to connect relatively easily and the jiu-jitsu community has made the world smaller and the internet is making the jiu-jitsu community even more connected than it has been in the past
1: So let's talk about organizational systems, because this is obviously something you've put a lot of thought into with the tutorials that you have in the past. And one of the things I noticed just clicking around BJJ Path is you have multiple different ways that the student can organize their path of study. And uh, you have some fundamental groups that the student can navigate to and then choose a tutorial and then click through to related tutorials. So how do you come up with that organizational system and why do you think it's going to help people learn jujitsu?
0: Man, good questions. Again, um, you know, I think the the fundamental groups are uh, somewhat self-explanatory, although there's many different ways that you can kind of arbitrarily divide the body of Jiu-Jitsu, you know, knowledge. Um, and just for what it's worth, these are going to change, too, over time and evolve uh, and adapt. Right now, as I'm looking at it, there's submissions, escapes, mountain and back, sort of as one subcategory. Uh, guard, side control, and then standing techniques. And then, for instance, if you click into submissions, you get different types of submissions. So there's leg locks, kimuras, triangles, arm bar, wrist locks, chokes, plotted, and so forth. So that's sort of like pretty straightforward, hierarchical way of doing it. And then if you click into leg lock, you can see knee bars, heel hooks, great ankle locks, and toe holds. Um, so, you know, sort of subdividing it is a natural way to do it. Taking a look at whether you want to play something as um, an action or an escape or, uh, you know, an offensive position or anything like that. That's where it gets kind of fuzzy. Where You know, I think everybody can kind of divide uh, jujitsu up into positions. You can say, is this a move from the guard? Is this a move from mount, you know, or against guard or against mount or whatever? And so that's sort of the, the gist of the fundamental groups relatively straightforward ways to think about things. Um, but the other, the relational stuff. So like if you're in an article, the thing that you were talking about, Jeff, if you're on the right-hand side, if you're on a machine, a laptop, a computer, the group and the transitions and the defense are going to follow you around. And so the transition is sort of a, honestly, it's a placeholder name. We don't really know what else to call it, but it's a thing that you can also view from this position that's very similar. So like if you click into, say, um, you know, a mount position, there might be an S-mount tutorial on there as well, which just kind of a, an arbitrary example. Uh, there are, but there would also be sort of the other person's point of view. So like if I do, I'm going to click into a straight ankle lock tutorial right now. The straight ankle lock for BNJ is the name of this one. And then I'll look over on the right-hand side, and there's uh, how to defend the straight ankle lock, right? Uh, how to escape the straight ankle lock, the name of the article. And there's also a transition into a belly down, straight ankle lock, and then a sweep into a straight ankle lock. And so like, you know, you can get some of that stuff through an algorithm, like through, say, YouTube will suggest another video for you to look at and everything. But it's it's YouTube suggesting it, right? It's not like a a Jiu-Jitsu black belt or somebody knowledgeable with the art. And so all of these sort of transitions and and, um, defenses, the way to find other articles, that's all sort of curated by humans, you know. Um, right now it's me doing this stuff, but I always want that. I don't want that to be sort of like algorithm based. I don't want to lose its kind of soul, you know? Um, and so the fundamental groups are relatively straightforward. The thing that you find in the very first page when you log in, you can check, click on submissions, click on escapes and so forth. Go down that particular rabbit hole. Then inside the article, the thing on the right, the transitions and the um, defense. So those are sort of um, my suggestions or other black belt suggestions on where to go next from this video. So I think you hit up you hit the nail on the head with the the lack of kind of curation on the internet. That's what I see this as sort of um it's not just throwing information vomit out at people. It's putting it's giving people a guide kind of thing. Here's a really good thing to look at, you know. And and not just a rabbit hole. The rabbit holes are really fun, but um we've also got a third way to sort of navigate around in here and that's like the what I call the Wikipedia style links inside the articles themselves. So like you might see some highlighted text that you want to click on. If you're looking at that, that straight ankle lock uh, video from before it might reference a heel hook or something. You can click on the heel hook and you can learn how to do a basic heel hook too. And then you go from that article to another one and so forth. And the next thing you know, you're in a crazy wiki rabbit hole of some kind. So that's sort of the general gist of the way that the structure is organized. Uh, Although there's more to it. Um, Jeff, and there's more in the plans. I think for now, that's probably enough to confuse the crap out of people. Uh,
1: Let's stay on the curation piece for a second, because I I think that's a point that should not be underestimated. One of the things that that I always notice, and we just had this issue at the academy I teach at this week, where a young, talented guy who had a wrestling background uh, was in a guard passing unit that we've been teaching, got on the internet, and saw a cartwheel pass and starts trying to cartwheel pass everybody. And he's like, don't all the high level guys do this? I mean, I saw this on YouTube and it was, you know, and certainly a move that, you know, can work in certain circumstances, but probably isn't as a jujitsu instructor, the first thing that you would want to teach a white belt in terms of passing the guard. And so, you know, someone like yourself and you, you're a black belt that's been training for more than 20 years, right?
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: And, you know, and the guys that you train with Daniel Frank, you church, you know, Andrew Silver, all these other black belts that. I think, are you know, I don't know if those guys are working on the site with you, but there's, I think there's a big difference between a human being, um, sort of curating content than a YouTube algorithm trying to pull from, to, to pull from a set of keywords. Is that, is that accurate?
0: That's dead on. I mean, you know, first of all, we teach the Cartwell Paths in our first beginner's intro to Jujitsu class. I don't understand why you're not teaching that over there, Jeff. You should probably uh work on that a little bit, kind of upping your curriculum excitement level a little bit. Um but in, in all seriousness, the, the idea of, you know, YouTube said I should look at this versus, um, you know, a, a person who's been training for 20 plus years said I should look at this just night and day. Um, and, and you're right. This isn't just me looking at this thing either. I mean, I've got literally like 23 or 24 pages of feedback from people, um, you know, been recording it the whole time, trying to make changes as we go along. We're trying to do this the right way kind of a beta launch first where we get feedback throughout this time, um, you know, a a soft launch of sorts, and then kind of improve as we go along before a full launch. And I think that makes a lot of sense. It's a software model that's been followed by a lot of people. But um, all of these people that are looking in here, I mean, I would say there's probably an equal number of white and black belts looking at this thing right now. I wanted to be sure that I got a good mix of people who didn't know what they were looking for necessarily, didn't know how to find what they wanted, but also the more experienced people. Because if I'm honest, I think that this website is great for people who belted it up right now. Um, it's got a ton of content. It's, it's really easy to find the more advanced stuff if you're looking for it. And the fundamental stuff is being fleshed out right now. There's lots and lots more content to come. There's a new tutorial that comes in every week. But there's a long way to go, too. And I'm, I'm sort of viewing this as a very long-term project that I want to continue to work on for a long time.
1: Hey, Lourdes, what is your favorite thing about U.S. Grappling? I would have to say the camaraderie. And I really enjoy competing at U.S. Grappling events because they have the best refs. And so I know it's always going to be a positive experience. It's really important to have great refs. It keeps everybody safe and having a good time at the tournament. And speaking of upcoming tournaments... March 23rd, U.S. Grappling is going to Frederick, Maryland, April 27th, Richmond, Virginia, back to North Carolina on May 11th in Greensboro. So if you're in the southeast anywhere, go and find yourself a U.S. Grappling tournament. You're guaranteed to have a good time. Yes, you mentioned, you know, white belt, purple belt, black belt, you know, whether you're experienced or inexperienced, there's stuff here for you. And I can attest to that as a brown belt that's been watching a lot of jujitsu videos. There's definitely it's easy for the the practiced observer to follow the 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 organizational structure of the site. I'm wondering, though, a a different question about audience. People do jujitsu for a lot of different reasons. Some people want to compete. Some people never want to compete. Some people want to get in better shape. Other people have aspirations for. MMA fighting or to teach themselves one day or just to have fun with their friends and learn this skill. I'm curious, do you see this site as a something that is a for a general interest jujitsu practitioner or is there an emphasis on people that want to compete or don't want to compete or how, how do you think about that when you're thinking about the video?
0: That's another really good one, Jeff. You know, the I think it's general interest right now. Um, and I would not say that these are necessarily like sports specific techniques as such, but I would say that all of these techniques uh, or 90% of more are definitely um, types of techniques that you would use in a competition. So less of the sort of like uh, here is a lot of very basic fundamental self-defense stuff shown with a lot of repetitions and more of, um, you know, how to escape the mount when somebody's pinching their knees together tightly. Um, you know, very specific stuff that you're likely to encounter when you're rolling at the gym with your partners. Um, and I would say, if anything, it's more geared towards the person who is a practitioner at a school, at a gym. Like Revolution VJJ, where maybe there are some people who do compete, um, but it's not everybody and it doesn't rule the day necessarily. So I think it's important to kind of keep that in mind. You know, there, there's a lot of websites out there that are like, we are going to teach you how to be a black belt world champion. You know, um, I think that's sort of a, the the language you can sort of see that with the ad copy that they use and the way that they describe themselves. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I think for a small handful of people, it's the best thing in the world. Um, you know, I I've been friends with a lot of high level jujitsu practitioners for a really long time and have seen how they train and what the things that they like to do. Um, and so I understand a lot about what they're, what they're after. Uh, th- some of that stuff's here too. You know, if I'm honest, like there's a lot of sort of modern sport jujitsu that really isn't, um, out there on a lot of other websites, but I don't necessarily think that's the key differentiating factor for this place. You know, um, I think that BJJ path is a lot more like a welcoming kind of atmosphere where everybody can come in and everybody can kind of play and take a look um, without being judged. That's also going to be a really important thing. Learn the moves that you need to do to become more, uh, you know, successful by rolling at the gym, because that's really where you're going to cut your teeth and where you're going to learn your lessons for the most part. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I mean, I agree with every part of that, especially the, you know, there's no substitute obviously for coming to class for uh, learning from a qualified instructor and from rolling in the gym. But, you know, as you know, there's, there's more tutorial sites out there now than ever. And I guess I'm wondering what do you think differentiates BJJ path from some of those other tutorial sites or, you know, why this one, what niche does it fill?
0: So there's definitely a couple of things that differentiate BJJ path from the other ones The you know, the number one thing, the thing that just leaps out of me that's obvious is the way the, uh, the instruction is structured. the the lessons themselves. Um, so if you, if you click into an article, it's an article. It's not just a video. If you search for, um, uh, some kind of technique on virtually every video site on the internet, you're going to come up with a video. Uh, this is going to give you video plus text. So it's generally, three or four videos plus some text in each of the lessons. So like, for instance, how to defend a leg drag guard pass is one of the fairly recent ones I'm looking at right now. And it sort of gives you the gist of the preemptive early maintenance stuff. Then it talks about what if you missed. And then it talks about some other things that you can do from there. Um, so you can sort of think of it more like a classroom lesson if you want. Uh, and that's sort of another area that I've gotten unexpected feedback from instructors planning their lessons by using this as a resource. Um, the other lesson, the other unexpected surprise has been people using this for drills material. So if you have like a 30 minute space where you get a drill with somebody and you're looking for something to work on, people are using uh BJJ path for that quite a bit. Uh, so it's, you know, I hope that answers the question, Jeff. I don't want to stray too far away from what you were talking about, but um, that's sort of, sort of the gist.
1: No, to tell you how spot on that was, that's actually the, uh, the how to defend the leg drag pass is the article that I have up on my machine right now because it is a recent article that you've posted just in the past week or so. And because I'm teaching the leg drag tonight. So I was checking that out and I think you did a good job of describing it, which is, you know, you have, because of this article that you, you could, you allow the reader to explore many aspects. Of the move from preventing the move, like, okay, how do we, how do we, you know, what's the best escape to a triangle? Don't get stuck in a triangle. What's the best way to get out of the leg drag? Don't let, don't let them leg drag you. <laughs> Whereas there are other options too that like, okay, with the sort of what I like to call the check down list of, okay, um, what if we get stuck in what you call unfair 50-50? What if we, how do we advance troubleshoot this position? And that's what I, what, why I like the resources because these are all things that, you know, even a very experienced leg drag practitioner, somebody that does this all the time is going to get something out of this, or in this case, has their training partners do it to them all the time, is going to get something out of this. Um, One of the things that you have under the transitions page, you have some basic guard maintenance drills. And that's not the only drilling page You or drilling article, drilling suggestions you have, but you do have articles here that will allow folks that maybe don't get to class as much as they want to do solo drills, or maybe did your drill with their buddy. And um, the importance of drilling is something that I think a lot of instructors don't emphasize enough.
0: Well, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, we've been fortunate at, at our gym at Revolution BJJ to be able to have a lot of um, classes per week. We have 72, I think, classes per week. Do not quote me on that. It's probably off by three or four because we seem to add classes at a record pace. but. You know, because of the the class options and the number of mats that we have, we can have a drills class in the middle of the day, you know? So we have, I think, like, like maybe six drill classes now, if I'm thinking, right, was Tuesday, Thursday, Monday, Wednesday, yeah. Um, and, and it's a good opportunity for people to train. On the one hand, you could say, well, we come in for open mat and do some drilling. But on the realistic hand and the hand where reality lives, nobody's going to do that, you know? If you walk into an open mat... I mean, you're, you're probably there to roll. Like it's the fun stuff, right? That's what everybody wants to do. So if you're the person that wants to drill, you need to have a drilling partner already picked out or else it's just not going to work. Whereas if you go to a drills class, everybody's drilling, you know, you're going to drill, your partners are going to drill. Like there's going to be some kind of structure. There's going to be probably a timer going off at the right time, you know? So I think drills classes are super duper important. And I wish that, um, I wish for every gym in the country to become more successful and have the opportunity to add more classes. And then some of those classes then will be drills classes, because I think it would really help out a large number of students. And I would advocate that for anybody running a gym who's looking to add some classes in the not too distant future. Um, drills classes are fantastic. You also don't have to absolutely have a black belt running a drills class. It doesn't hurt. And it's a good thing to have. But I mean, if you're in a position where you're running a gym and maybe you're the only black belt and you need to add a couple of classes, if you're not real sure how to make that happen, Drills classes might be a really good option. Um, we've seen a tremendous improvements in our students and our team personally. In my own game, time I started drilling with the regularity about five years ago, it's just night and day. You know, the, the improvements that I made on certain specific positions that I would otherwise just never get good at.
1: Hey Lourdes, we get a lot of questions about refereeing at grappling tournaments and one of the things I find interesting about U.S. grappling is that every ref is required to go through the referee certification program. I understand you've been through it, is that right? Absolutely. And it was a lot of fun. It was definitely all pretty rigorous, and we got a lot of information. But not only did I get a nice pamphlet that I was able to go through before the uh, the workshop, I w- was able to take that pamphlet home and work through it again later. And there was a full-day workshop where we went through all the rules, and we got a chance to do some practice rounds and to try out the, the new techniques that we were learning to be refs. Yeah, it's really important to be able to practice in real time, and so this is one of the things that makes US Grappling a terrific tournament organization. Is they take officiating seriously and take the competitor experience seriously. And if you want to have a great competitor experience, you can do so March 23rd in Frederick, Maryland. You can do so April 27th in Richmond, Virginia, or if you're in North Carolina, May 11th. They come to Greensboro, and there's a June Raleigh tournament as well. So don't forget to support our favorite tournament organization, US Grappling. You can register online at usgrappling.com. Also, remember black belts compete be for free. Yeah, the, the, the drills class is something that's next on my list to add for all the reasons that you just, um, that you just expanded on. And you also hit on another thing that I like about BJJ path, which is, um, the reading the tutorials is almost like a class experience for me. And the word that I'm going to use is the tutorials you have have context. A lot of times if you have a YouTube video, for example, or, or a video on Facebook and not trying to hate on any of those, those have their, their place. But if you have like a minute and a half video that shows someone how to do a heel hook or someone how to do a leg lock of some nature or some other technique like a Kimura, um, and even if the the technical details in that video are exactly correct and, and you can't beef with them, a lot of times there's not context in those videos for here's the situation where I would use this. Here's the situation where this becomes dangerous. And what I'm looking at, you're setting up heel hooks from the bottom tutorial, which has a, a really good primer on you know, how to get to these positions, but you also provide the context of, hey, these are, you know, uh, the dangers of these positions. Here's how to train them safely. Um, because, and and specifically also, you know, be sure to, and you, you're always also careful to talk about, you know, checking with your instructor and your training partners about what's kosher in the gym or not. And I think that that type of context for training safely is a thing that that I appreciate about good jujitsu jitsu classes, but something that I see lacking in some tutorial sites.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I think that touches on, um, sort of another key differentiating factor. If I can go into sales mode for just a second, you know, um, the, the ability of context, I think goes to sort of a, a deep dive approach. You know, the best way to learn something is to really dive in there and get from all angles and stuff. But there are a couple of different ways to accomplish that. For some people, having a 23 minute video, Is probably great for that. It's probably wonderful. People can get a lot of information. They can watch it. They are uh, able to absorb every scrap of information. I'm not like that. And I think a lot of people that I know are not like that. Uh, The other approach or another approach is to do little video slices and do multiple videos. And that's sort of the, the approach that I've used with a description for each video. And the nice thing about a description for each video is that one video can set up the next video. You can explain how the move sets the other move up if that's not evident in the video itself. Um and I just love writing. You know, I've I've been a fan of writing for a really long time. I, I've always tried to improve my writing skills and, and work on them over the years. And I'm far from perfect, but at least I can get what's in my jujitsu brain out onto uh the keyboard and onto the screen eventually. Uh and and you know personally like a, a minute and a half of video watching coupled with about a minute and a half or two minutes of reading is pretty good, you know, and then I can hop back to the next video and I can watch the video and then I can read for a little bit. I can go back and I can watch the video again if I need to, because it's a short video. If I don't need to, I'm like, okay, I got it. Cool. Let's move on to the next one. Um, and I've sort of always tried to frame it um, in terms of what the person looking at the other end is going to see, right? Whether it's a white belt or whether it's a black belt, Nobody wants to sit through a bunch of crap at the beginning of a video. Nobody wants to sit through an introduction. You know, um, if there's a video that's five or six minutes, I'm going to try to clip it. If I can distill it into the minute and a half, two minute nuggets. If I can't, occasionally there are longer videos on the site, but for the most part, I think all the videos are probably averaging, you know, I would say that 90 second range something like that. Uh, some techniques are necessarily a little bit more complicated than others, I guess, but Generally, keeping it short and palatable is the way to go.
1: Mm -hmm. Speaking of the slices concept, I was just having this discussion with David Porter this week about how I had never thought about burnout in the way that um, I probably should have a long time ago. Because I was one of those folks that immediately could not get enough of jujitsu and was at every class and you know bought every DVD and got every magazine I could get a hold on, etc. And it took me a while to realize that not everybody was like that. And that not everybody is going to watch the 23 minute video, even though for some people it's exactly what they what they want to do. Um One of the things that I notice about the site is, is not just the length of the video, but the ability to like take part of those slices of information and return to it later. So if you are working on, let's say, Kimura, it's like it's Kamura month at your gym, you can go to this and have sort of what I would like to call narrative closure, where it's like, all right, I feel like not only have I. I haven't just learned a move. I've learned a few ways to apply the move, a few ways to set up the move, but I'm also not burned out and like sick of thinking about jujitsu. And so, um, you know, for the hardcore, you know, cause the hardcore of uh, the hardest of the hardcore jujitsu people are going to consume every minute of every video and every word of every article. But, but I think we have to recognize that's not true of the, of the average person who could benefit from jujitsu.
0: Certainly not. Um, you know, People come in all shapes and sizes and they come in all interest levels. There's a lot of people that train at our gym um, that, how do I put this? I, I would have not thought it was possible to train as much as they're training and to be as immersed in jiu as they are. Um, part of this comes from my own sort of limited experiences coming up in the scene when there just weren't that many gyms and there weren't that many opportunities to train. And, you know, if you had, a gym that you trained at, you'd go in there for two hours, two and a half hours maybe, uh, and you'd go home. And that was the only option to train during the day. So, if you're a beginner, you swim with the sharks. You know, if you're an advanced person, you you train with everybody. Uh, you train with the white belts, the black belts, and who are we kidding? There weren't black belts back then. You know, we had purple belts, and we were damn happy and damn lucky to have them. <laughs> you know, so a lot has changed in that regard. But one of the things that's just Startling to me is to find these white belts that, that literally are doing 10 or more classes a week. And that's just absolutely crazy to me because two or three times a week was, in many cases, the most you could train. So you see people who are just absolutely diving in. But then on the other extreme, you know, have you have people who are professionals, who are working, who have a career, who just have very limited time. And you just use great for them. It's just amazing for people like that, right? They've got a pocket of stress in their stomach and they come in and they get rid of it. And they learn something, and they exercise a part of their brain they don't normally don't get to use, and, and their cardiovascular health is amazing, and all the benefits that apply to the other people apply to them too. Other than maybe they don't shaka as much because they're not, you know, training ten or fifteen times a week. But uh, it, it's really interesting for me to watch this evolve, sort of see all the different types of people evolving in jujitsu. Whereas there was only maybe one type of person twenty years ago, and that was the crazy person. And those people are still out there. And fortunately, some of us have been able to survive. Uh, you know, you mentioned Jared earlier. Jared was with us way back in the beginning. Uh, uh, you know, Trey was back there. Just, you know, all, all of these people were doing this stuff for so long. We've all had to change a lot with the way we've done jiu-jitsu, right? So instead of having the one type of person who's the crazy person who's obsessed and doesn't mind getting kicked in the head and, you know, getting a, a tooth chipped when they practice and stuff like that, we don't have to have all that stuff anymore, and I'm not that type of person anymore, anyway. So it suits me pretty well that there's quite an evolution to see.
1: Yeah, most definitely, it is. It, it is interesting to see all the the more diverse folk that uh, are doing it for different reasons. And I, I remember, I don't know if you know Malik Telfer who trains with Tim Peterson, but got his start training in, in North Carolina, but. One time, uh, you know, because the point of this story is that I think a lot of us, because as humans, we tend to gravitate to our own experience as the norm, because this is the way, this is the way it happened to me. Therefore, this is the way it happens. And so at triangle, when we, when I first started training, everybody rolled their first night, everybody went as hard as they could on every roll. You would often, you know, get kicked in the face and, you know, and that was just the way it was. And when I was talking to Malik a few years ago, when I was a, when I was a purple belt, and I mentioned that and I was like, you know, that, that's the way it was. And you know, I, I came back and I assumed most people who really love jiu-jitsu would have come back. And he looked at me as if my hair was on fire. And he's like, I, I, because I had assumed that that was just the norm, that that's why you go in and that's what you're looking for. And it really opened my eyes to the fact that that's not the case anymore for even the majority of people. And while, uh, as you mentioned, the, the crazy are still here <laughs> and you know, cause, cause, cause where else are we going to go? Um, th- th- we have a broader demographic that we have to sort of acknowledge now. And, and, and I think that's mostly a good thing.
0: It's definitely a good thing. Uh, another really good thing is families doing jujitsu together. This has been just amazing for us at our gym. I mean, we see mothers and fathers that are together and their kids that are training, not necessarily at the same time, although sometimes on two different mats, they'll come in and they'll – you know, the, the dad doesn't want to come in. The mom's like, no, we have to go train, right? She's going to motivate him to train. He's going to motivate her to train. The the, the, the children are going to um, motivate each other. If the kids start to do well, the parents are motivated by that, too. Uh, and it's not just the competition aspect, you know, the idea that one of your family members is going to get better at jujitsu than you, but,
1: you know, the idea that
0: you're all sort of in the same boat together. It's really just amazing to see. And it's not something that would have been possible, I think, you know, beyond about 10 years back anywhere really very 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 difficult very few places where you could have had kids and adults training at the same facility um you know kids in jiu-jitsu it's the future i mean there's going to be tons and tons of kids doing this stuff uh 10 years from now there'll be 10 times as many kids probably doing jiu-jitsu as there are today so gym owners that are out there listening to this as well i would say just start thinking about a kid's program I even mean, if you don't want to start one right now if you don't have one already <laughs> it's going to be uh kind of inevitable Especially as jujitsu becomes socially more acceptable. You know, before, um, before like the ultimate fighter, before it was on television, uh, people would hear of jujitsu through the UFC almost every time through mixed martial arts. And they'd say, oh, that's like where you go and beat the crap out of the person, right? And, um, you know, and my conversation would be like, well, you know, kind of. <laughs> There's kind of more to than that. It was, now it's not so complicated. I think people are starting to understand what jujitsu is. I think Cage is going to make a jiu-jitsu movie, you know. Um, I mean, I'm going to hold my breath and try to – I'm definitely not going to watch it when it's in the theater. But uh, it's going to be interesting just to see how, you know, as it becomes a little more mainstream, but what's going to be the jiu-jitsu karate kid? What's going to be the thing that really catapults it onto the main stage? Is, is there anything that's going to do that? I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm in it for the long haul no matter what, so I'm going to get to see all this stuff happen. So it's going to be an interesting thing to see over the next few years, I think.
1: Yeah. I'm in, the, in it for the long haul, no matter what too. And uh I, although I, I have had a couple conversations today with some folks asking, you know, what well, what kind of demographic is going to come into jujitsu gyms after the Nicolas Cage movie? Are they going to be like, where are the aliens for me to fight and <laughs> like that? could be interesting, but to, 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 re, to, to circle back to the family thing and to the broader demographic, that's one of the coolest phenomena that I've noticed in jiu-jitsu. And I will tell you two of my most treasured Jiu-Jitsu photos are of when my mom came and trained with me. My 71-year-old mother had a blast. You know, this was in Seth Champ's gym back in Durham, North Carolina. And so, you know, got my smiling mom and me hugging each other after taking a Jiu-Jitsu class together. And it was really, really cool experience. And so as we're looking, you know, and, you know, now that I teach at, at my own gym, one of the things that my wife and I always talk about is we and we actually use this as a model is like, we want this to be a place where your mom feels comfortable coming in and where everybody's happy and training together and trying to make each other get
0: better. I think that's a beautiful way to put it. Uh, wasn't possible a few years ago. You know, like I said, I, I think some gym owners are starting to wake up to this idea that, uh, black and, and red and, you know, dark colors and metal music maybe isn't the way to go. You know, um if if you are going to do jujitsu to feel tough and angry, you might want to reconsider your motivations. Maybe you want to go lift some weights instead, you know? Um because jiu-jitsu is something where you sort of have to remove the emotions, to remove that component of um competitiveness and, and ego from the equation as much as you can we all know that it's not entirely possible to get rid of your ego or to, you know, shelf all of your emotions unless you're Mr. Spock or something. But generally speaking, that's the idea behind you. So it makes perfect sense to have an atmosphere. That's a little more welcoming, you know, and, and to have a place where your mom would want to train. Absolutely.
1: And then you can uh, sit down with your family and watch and uh, read some tutorials on BJJ path together. Yeah. And, so the site is bjjpath.com. You've got articles there, you've got video tutorials. It's organized with a tagging system in addition to your group system. And how, if folks are interested after hearing this podcast, for checking it out, um, how can they go check out the beta? And about how much does it cost to sign up?
0: Well, so the cost one's easy. It's going to be nine ninety nine a month for uh, the next several months. We will do a full launch in September where it's going to be twenty bucks or twenty five bucks a month. But anybody who is signed up will be grandfathered in for whatever rate they get it so you sign up for 9.99 you're going to be at 9.99 forever um there's uh it's really easy to cancel if you're sick of it you don't like it after using it for a while um and what i would say is that for your listeners in particular um this is still kind of an early release for me i'm only going to market this stuff on particular social media that i've been involved with for a number of years so uh, if you're in any of the groups that Jeff and I are in together on Facebook, uh, if you're following the Reddit uh, Jiu-Jitsu forum, I'm going to be making posts where there are free tutorials to look at, like I've always been doing. So you can still look at one free tutorial uh, at a time. If you want to sign up for the website, you can do it right then and there and you can click through. So you'll get a t- sort of taste before you buy if you want to think of it like that. Uh, if you're sure you're going to love this thing, you can go straight to BJPath.com and you can sign up. Uh, it's really hopefully really easy. We're, we're definitely trying to make sure that it's easy for people to do that part. Uh, and also to navigate around through the, the site itself, of course, I and mean, we want the user experience to be incredible. That's our goal. We want it, we want it to be really, really easy. So I would say if you're if you're following us on any of those uh, particular social media, um, or if you want to reach out to me personally or reach out to Jeff personally, Uh, if that's okay, Jeff, sorry, (laughs) of course, that would be an easy way to to get a hold of it. Kind of take a look and and see if you like it and and jump in there. That's pretty much it.
1: Andrew, I always have a great time having you on the podcast and, uh, we, I'd love to have you back on in six months or a year to figure out, uh, to see how BJJ path has gone to see about the growth of revolution BJJ and to talk about, uh, your newest affiliate revolution BJJ Ashland, where folks can train with the aforementioned Jarrett church, who is an awesome instructor and a overall great guy.
0: I would love to talk about that stuff, Jeff, and I always have a good time as well. Thanks so much for making some time and and getting me on here today. That's our show for the week.
1: As I talk to you, I'm in the airport getting ready to go to Singapore and Thailand for a week where I'm going to train with some really excellent people and then get the chance to come back. I'm also watching Flow Grappling on the PANS right now, and so we'll have a results show for you when I get back. Maybe we'll talk to some folks who had a great experience out at the IBJJF PANS. So until next time, be safe and keep training.